0: Hi and welcome to the Boat Princess podcast. My name is Nikki Vo and I'm your host. I am a boat owner, a marina owner, a director on the Marina Industries Association and a huge advocate for boating. In this series, I'm sharing the stories from every nook of the boating industry with the intention of encouraging more women to join me and for more women to get behind the helm too. I want to share the experience and opportunities of boating, of the boating industry And I want you to join me as I bring the conversations and answer all the questions you've had. Boating is not just for the glamorous and rich and famous. It's full of beautiful and interesting people making the most of our natural environment and getting out there, enjoying the waterways. So let's set off the lines, take over the helm and escape to the world of boating. That's a lovely thing about doing this podcast, right? I'm getting to learn things about Kay that I would never ask you at a dinner party. Why not? I'd ask you, but but I but in future I will because it's I'm now that I'm doing this podcast, I'm kind of understanding how to ask really interesting questions, not just the the usual questions one asks across the lunch table when you get to catch up once a month or whatever. Same old, same old, same old. What the kids doing? Ask me. Um, you, you should have that
1: anyway. If you're ADHD, you have no filter. Yeah. You see, I when I was chairman of the National Maritime Museum, I was on the board five, six years first. Yeah, we want to delve into that. Oh, that's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> but we'd go to functions or whatever and it wouldn't yeah. matter who was there. And mm. I'd ask them questions about that. Why am I telling you this? That's what they'd say. Yeah, one woman told me how old she was, and she was a fashion icon. And she said, "Why did I tell you that? I had never told a living soul." <laughs> it was Carla, wasn't it? No, it wasn't, because we laughed I Carla. can't. I never. I've never told anybody. Yeah. I don't. People tell me things. <laughs> so I don't have to tell anybody because nine <laughs> times out of ten, I either forget or I think that was their business and they told me that. I used to take friends and friends of theirs or people I met, like. Um, not name dropping, but like the American ambassador, or if it was a bloke, his wife, or different people, yeah. And my friends, and we'd go out sailing on First Lady, just for a picnic, go over to the basin or whatever. And I'd say at the very beginning, before we leave the dock, the old thing: what is done, said, or drunk on this boat? Never leaves this boat so what goes on tour stays on tour that's it yeah and boy they used to relax
0: yeah it was extraordinary
1: yeah it was extraordinary and we had so much fun
0: yeah I'll often say to my girlfriends this is a a circle of trust or a a vault yeah talking in the vault now and Mm. and it never goes any further and if as a good friend you've got to understand what's got to stay in the vault yeah so that you, you remain a good friend. Yeah.
1: We talked about doing a B&B here in the place because we've got a separate cottage and things like that. And Peter said, I can't imagine you having strangers staying there. You're such a hermit. <laughs> and I thought about it after a while and I thought, no, I don't really want strangers
0: staying there. <laughs> So that is part of the character trait then perhaps that allowed you to be somebody that could go around the world on your own, that that whole being very comfortable on your own and, and wanting to be alone mm, at times. It could be. Mm. Yeah. Because that's how you feel comfortable.
1: Yes. Yeah. Although a lot of people say I'm a people person and I am a people person. I mean I've got lots of fantastic friends yeah, who I love dearly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they know if I'm off doing something. Yeah. We might talk to each other for a while, some of us. Yes. I mean, Fredo, for example, Fredo and I talk oh, a couple of times a year maybe, but it's just like, and she's in WA now, but it's just like yesterday since we talked and we talk about anything and everything.
0: That's a sign of a good friend, I think, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it is.
1: Well, all my friends are like that. Mm. Yeah, I've I'm got very, lots of friends very like that. I'm very, very lucky.
0: Very lucky. Mm, I'm like that. I've got some beautiful friends that I've literally not talked to them for six months, and then you pick up the phone and they sound. it's like you saw each other yesterday. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, we're very blessed to have friends like that. So what do you think the qualities are that you need to be a marina owner? (laughs) Oh. but I have a thick hide.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My husband does most of the, um, he does virtually all of the running. I'm, the staff call me the troubleshooter. So I'll step in and if he's away or whatever, Peter calls me the troublemaker (laughs) because uh, I don't do things quite how he'd do it. Yeah. You know, and, uh, I'm a bit more lenient, I would have to say, on certain things.
0: Yeah. Um, So if you were talking to a twenty-five-year-old girl, she's just done her unique courses and blah blah blah, and she wanted to get into the boating industry, what would you suggest is a a possible pathway to eventually being a marina owner? (laughs) Marina to a being a marina owner. Yeah, gotta start somewhere, right? Oh, well, or even managing a marina. Let's go managing a marina. What yeah, skill do sets do you think they need to learn and be part of?
1: Well, you need to know different boats for a start. Um, so you could be—I don't know—you'd you'd have to spend a bit of time on boats and understand some of the lingo and the parts of boats. There is a, a lot, lot of lingo. There is a lot of lingo. There is a lot of lingo. It's another yeah. language really. Yeah. Um you could learn that language and um you could be crew on big boats overseas or whatever you can take on as being a um um a broker. Yeah. You need to know a bit of lingo and the difference between a catamaran and a and a motorboat. Mm. A, a sailing catamaran on I me. Mean. Um, I don't know. There's there's lots of ways. places crying out for marine electronics engineers. I mean, or even just marine electronics uh, electrical guys or mm. mechanics are mechanics engineers, diesel engineers. There's all sorts of things you could do. You could mm. um, if you're a crew on a boat for a certain length of time, you could step into getting your tickets, your coxswains and your master, plus five or whatever, and go on from there. I mean, there's endless, Is endless. That? You could do mm. study architecture. What I actually wanted to do, first of all, when I was younger, I wanted to be an industrial designer mm. um, and then that changed and then, I got into boat building almost by accident, and then, well, accident because we couldn't afford a boat builder, so I did it. Mm. Um, of course, you did. So course you course could you do. You could do. Um, uh, one thing I wanted to do was design interiors of boats, mm. and because on. I've kind of got a three d visual mind that can see things and spaces and what you could do with the spaces and and i um i got my first commission just before i left on my trip oh wow that would have been conflicting for you well, not really because no. the trip took priority it, over everything because you planned it
0: for couldn't say like, how long,
1: yeah. Go? But I, and this commission came in, and I I did all the rough drawings, and that's as far as I got before I left. Mm. And uh, when I got back, one of the first things I wanted to do was go and have a look at the boat because it had been finished in that time, and uh, it was they'd followed my rough drawings. Wow, too wasn't quite finished that I would have put, but it was the layout. And that's something that I've always been interested in and still would like to do. I've designed the interior of all the boats I've built and also um, I've designed a few houses. In your spare time. Mm. Mm. I also used to be a dress designer. Did you? Sewing, yeah. I didn't know about that. When was that? Yeah, I used to do it for friends. I still, right up until a year or so ago, A couple of girlfriends, I used to make all their designer clothes to wear to work. Wow. Because I like sewing. Mum was a um, a dressmaker tailor. So we were making our own school uniforms at 12. Gosh. And um, I still dabble in that. I've got a pile of sewing in there because friends always get me to fix things or make things or alter things. I'm just altering a suit for a a friend at the moment, <laughs> and it's driving me insane because I'm getting so old. I need the sunlight. If I've got to unpick all the sleeves, <laughs> sometimes I lose it. I mean, yeah. I, know, I know I'm, I'm, um, um, well, you know I'm ADHD for a start, but and I get a bit excited, and and I'll, well, the funniest example of my my sewing is Peter I've got this. Uh, it's like a turquoise-coloured shirt to get married in because my dress had turquoise and what have you in it. And uh, the sleeves are too long. So I said, I'll take those up, no problem. So I unpicked the cuff, care- carefully cut it off, stitched it all back up again and um, put the pleats and everything in it. And I looked out and thought, that's not bad, you can't tell. And then that was that night and then the next day I went to attack it again and I picked up the sleeve, cut it off, put the cuff back on and everything, <laughs> but perfect, looked wonderful, gave him his shirt and the morning he got, we got married it wasn't until we were standing there getting married, he said, look at this, you stupid blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and he took his coat off and one sleeve was twice as short as the other like, <laughs> I'd done such a good job. I cut the same amount off the same slip (laughs) and put the cuff that I'd unpicked back on again. (laughs) And so one was radically still too long and the other one was radically short. It was up near his elbow. (laughs) So it was.
0: (laughs) And there commenced the marriage.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, It's very funny and I just. (laughs) <laughs> I made a girlfriend a pair of pants recently, and I couldn't remember where she wanted the pockets, so I just whacked them in the side. And she said, "I love these pants, you know. I knee my keys every time I walk. So <laughs> I put the pockets so that a person be down near at knees." <laughs> I sound like a complete twit, but that was. <laughs> my friends think it's a, a bit of an eccentric side to me that. Sometimes I lose the plot. Yet other times I can make them an outfit that will be designer plus they could wear yes. to the ballet or yeah. you know, or anywhere. Yeah. And, uh, and in the days when I was going out to all these amazing functions and meeting amazing people like the Queen or different presidents from around the world and what have you, um, I used to make my own clothes to those, for those sort of things. Wow. So I wouldn't turn up to a
0: function somewhere and see someone in the same thing. That's one way of guaranteeing it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. How did that feel, meeting people like that for you? They're just people. Yeah. 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 You took the Australian egalitarian sort of approach.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're just people and I'm not a mental giant so (laughs) I've got to get into some deep and meaningful so I just
0: talk about everyday things and what have you. So there'd be pieces, some people out there that have been labelled with that old label of ADHD, Well. and listening to you and thinking, look, if she can do it, hopefully they're listening to you and thinking, well, if she can do it, and I can do it. Yeah, you can do anything, really.
1: It um, you've just got to be mindful of other people. Yeah, how you're going to impact other people. Um, I've slowed down a bit in my old age. Not much, Peter Reckons, but a bit. I still do a lot of different things. Um, but ADHD is, I think, a bonus.
0: Mm. And
1: Peter used to say, You never finish anything. <laughs> and I say, Well, just look around you. You know, a normal person would start 10 things and they would finish 10 things. Yep. I might start in that same time 30 things, Mm -hmm. and that's no exaggeration. I would have 30-odd things on the go at once. Yep. And out of those 30 things, I might finish 20 of them. Yes. So I'm way ahead of a normal person.
0: (laughs) Exactly right. I love that.
1: Yeah, I look at ADHD as a positive in that sense because – you're always doing so many different things, and some people might struggle. With, I struggle with the amount of things that I haven't finished. Mm. Um, there's still a lot of things in my workshop, all my sewing room, all my painting studio. They're all full of bits and pieces, but I've got all the ideas there.
0: Mm. So it's a superpower, really. Can be. Mm. Can be. Mm. So talking of painting I've I'm very lucky to have one of your pieces on my wall at home. <laughs> very lucky I feel very privileged to have that um, and you said to me it was a it was something you had seen when you'd been out sailing Now obviously you don't paint when you're on the boat. No So how do you recall that? and repaint it. How, did, how does your brain work to do that? Well, a lot of my paintings,
1: uh, um, Still Life's where I set up this tea set, for example, and paint that, used to be Or the Ocean. I think the best painting I ever did was came out of my head. I mean, sure, I've painted, um, done a lot of paintings based on the photographs that I took from my trip. Mm. But the best ones that I've done have just come out of my head. I think where it's um just the ocean, mm. and I don't don't ask me where they come from. <laughs> just, they just they happen. I don't uh, don't really know.
0: Well, Darren and I certainly love ours. Do thank you. Yeah, it's really lovely. So because it's it's a piece of you <laughs> that we have in our lounge room. That's nice. That's a really nice
1: thing. I was only half finished when I got the sponsorship to do the first Trans Tasman race in it. And then I was still working on it, finishing it when I got back and then I got the sponsorship to do the big trip. How did you get that sponsorship? Um, Well, I knocked on a lot of doors. I wrote a lot of letters. Um, A lot of people laughed and said, no, a woman couldn't do that. Um, But Marcus had sponsored me and a girlfriend to do the two-handed trans-Tasman race from Sydney to New Zealand and then sponsored me to do the New Zealand to Mooloolaba race. Um, And I asked him, he was one of the first people I asked about the big trip, and he said, no, not really, we're not really interested in that. So I spent a bit of time looking. And then um, we went out for dinner one night at Palm Beach and, And I was telling him about it and I said, look, one of the things I didn't mention is that I've got to figure a way I want to raise money for kids. And he said, well, why didn't you tell me that in the first place? Because that was a big thing of his. And uh, so that's how that came about.
0: There you go. So to him, you gave him a, a really good reason to do it over and above what you were actually doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why you put the money behind it. And you're still friends now with Marcus, aren't you? Oh, very good friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, like brother and
0: sister, really. Yeah. That's <laughs> lovely. Yeah.
1: Like I said before, he reckons I call a spade a fucking shovel. <laughs> so, yeah, I bet you do. You don't. You know? <laughs> no, he's um, <laughs> he said at a big function once. It was his, I don't know, 60, 70 years at Blackmore's or something. I don't know what it was. And he stood up and said, I was sitting in the front. And he made reference to his wife and everything and his CEO and then, and then said, and for that one. <laughs> she was the one that told me I was effing deaf and I had to get some hearing
0: aids. <laughs> <laughs> and I was. <laughs> so, uh, see, that's a true friend. Yeah. Does that. Yep. Yep. Because they weren't listening to the wives, so on that sort of. Subject, so they need another.
1: No. No, it was very funny. Yeah, other person actually.
0: they respect to tell them that. It comes down and to no one
1: else is game enough to say the things you say.
0: <laughs> Talking of which, you once said in an interview that you're afraid of sharks and that you've sailed around the world. Yeah, I am afraid of sharks. Why are you afraid of sh- Where does that come from? I don't know. It's sharks, spiders and snakes, the
1: three S's. Gosh. Mm. All three. And you live in Australia. Yeah. Killed it. <laughs> Killed a few snakes here. <laughs> I killed a brown snake outside Lee's bedroom in Newport. Oh, they're nasty! They are nasty, and I didn't know they were the ones that chase you. Otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't have killed it. I would have run a mile. Yeah, but it was outside
0: my baby's bedroom, so I had to go for it. Then, yeah, any mother would a mother will do anything for their children. Right? Oh, yeah. Gosh, and that—that's just. Was it something that happened in your childhood that made you fr- afraid of them, or? Were you taught so, taught something at school to make you afraid of them, or what? what no, I
1: don't what know. Happened? I don't know. Even after I got back, if there was a big spider in the old house we were living in at the time, I used to go and get the neighbour to come and get it out of the house. <coughs> I say he must have thought I was pretty loopy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: A little bit frustrated, Kay, with the the demise of sailing in sailing clubs, so that it's not as popular as it used to be. Perhaps in the next generation. Mm-hmm. Well, am I right in saying that? First of yeah. all, yeah. Um, do you think there are some things that we can do to fix that?
1: Mm, I don't know. I I've been away from it for a fair. Few- a fair while in that sort of thing. Um, I used to be involved in it and I was involved in sailability for the disabled sailors. Mm-hmm. Which is a great, it's awesome, great thing still going. Yeah. And also um, an award. I got New South Wales sports minister and department asked me, they wanted to give me an award mm. and they asked me what, sort of thing I'd like and I said, well I don't want a trophy or anything like that. I'd like a um, uh, an encouragement sailing encouragement award mm. and it started off it started off going to be one child there's six regional areas in New South Wales mm-hmm. and there was going to be one child from each region plus uh, an instructor going to stay at the Narrabeen sports. Academy. By Mm. the time we'd figured it, there were four children from each region and two instructors plus or three instructors plus a couple of trainee instructors from all over New South Wales. Mm. And so the government trained them in or whatever, got them in to Narrabeen. And these kids, one of the criteria was that they had never been sailing before. Okay, love it. Um, You weren't allowed to use um, means testing. There was a certain leaning towards demographics. Less privileged, as Mm -hmm. it were. Yeah. Yes. And uh, that went for, golly, how long did that go for? 20-something years. Wow. And some of those kids had never even been to a city before. Oh, gosh. Some of them had never seen the ocean before. And it was one of the best things I was ever involved in because they'd stay at Narrabeen and they'd learn boating. John Anderson was um, uh, Australian, uh, New South Wales Sailing Association, and he and a mate, old mate, used to run it and then they had the kids as the instructors and then they had instructors that when they were fully trained would go back out to the different regions. Yeah. And the things that they did fascinated me. Sometimes they'd, they'd go back home and they'd start a project with either their family or neighbours or whoever to build a sailing dinghy yeah, or to build a dinghy or some of them just got into it and joined clubs on lakes and dams and wherever else they were or rivers um, and they'd start sailing seriously. Some of them went on to become Australian and international sailors.
0: Oh, that's fantastic, isn't it?
1: And But what I loved about it was out of the week they were there, one day was spent, they were taken into the city. Yeah. The National Maritime Museum and on ferries and all over the place, manly ferries and things, have a look around. So that was one day. Another day the Royal Prince Alfred Yacht Club had a race that afternoon and the kids would all come down to the yacht club after they'd had their fun day, and they some of them learned to windsurf and all different things. Yeah, um, they'd come down and um, and they'd be billeted out on all the different yachts at the yacht club and go sailing on a yacht. Wow, and then the Alfreds used to put on a sausage sizzle and a, or a barbecue or something for all the kids before they were trucked back to mm-hmm. there. And that was very funny because when all the kids would go on those boats, I always took out people like the Minister for Sport and. <laughs> in the department and what have you, mm. and, and sometimes some of the kids on my boat to go sailing. Mm. If you could devise a way of something like that, that was purely in introducing kids that had never set foot basically on a boat before. Mm. As I said, that was one of the criteria. A couple of kids snuck in <laughs> that I wasn't too happy about, like their fathers owned big yachts or something and they just thought it would be fun to go to the camp for the week <laughs> wasn't impressed with that don't put that in <laughs> um, <just some> little... <sighs> and they had to be they were very young yeah that was the other thing they were I think it was between 12 and 16 or 12 and 17
0: anyway, oh just at a time when boys are going through that Tricky transition of boy to man, too. Yeah, and girls. Which is yeah, girls. and girls too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're yeah, all going through that hormonal nightmare. Yeah, yeah. So that to giving them a focus like that is a really good, and uh, especially an outdoor activity focus.
1: Yeah. No, it was it was a wonderful thing. Yeah. And out of all the awards I got, that was one of the ones I'm most proud of. Yes, it would be. Because it was a living award. Yeah. and It was it one that gave back. Gave back, and it lived for years. So if you can think of some way to do that and someone to finance it. Yeah. I mean, I was lucky because the state government took it under their sporting wing.
0: Yeah. So let's go back to that board Sorry. moment at the Maritime Museum. Is it the Maritime Museum? The National, Maritime, Maritime, yeah. National Maritime Museum. National Maritime Museum. That you were on a board as a woman. At a time when that was quite a rare thing to occur, oh, was
1: it thirty years
0: ago? Yeah, thirty. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, I was quite surprised I got chosen to be on that board. Actually, I was—I was chosen first on the Australia New Zealand Foundation Board, and that was encouraging arts and um, exchange between Australia and New Zealand. And I found that good, interesting. Um, and then I was invited to go on the National Maritime Museum Board. I was on a couple of other things, like, sailability, different things like that. And, um, the Maritime Museum Board, I was so nervous. I was so, what am I doing here? I'm sitting here with heads of industry and professors of history and all these amazing people. And I thought, what am I doing here? You know?
0: Well, there we are. Yes, we're going to leave you in suspense. There is an episode three of Kay Cotty, and I look forward to sharing that with you soon. And if you'd like to know more about what I do and where I am, then you can follow me on Instagram at The Boat Princess. You can also sign up to my newsletter on my website, which is theboatprincess.com. And in doing so, you'll actually receive a code so that you can instantly enjoy complimentary from Ocean Magazine, their digital subscription until January 2022. That magazine is absolutely fantastic, beautifully put together, so much information about new boat models coming out, luxury lifestyle items, and what's going around all over the world in the boating industry. So just go to my site at www.theboatprincess.com Sign up for my newsletter and you'll receive that gift from myself and Ocean Magazine. Take care of yourselves, everyone, and hopefully we'll see you on the water soon.